Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second edition of Monday Morning Deep Dish. My name is Shepard Price, and with me today is Brandon Kane. Please say hello to the people, Brandon. Hello, people. How are you? Today, we're going to talk about, uh, with the Blackhawks sort of going through a rough patch of the last week, a more bright note, a more bright side of the Blackhawks organization as it stands. We're going to talk about prospects. We're going to go deep on prospects and the sort of the future of this team, because the present, as of right now, somewhat bleak. Would you say is a fair assessment of that, Brandon? It is hard to see the light. It's, it's flickering. We'll go with that. The cautious optimism is sort of more leaning towards the cautious right now. So with that said, let's start uh, where all things must start. Let's start in Rockford. Uh, as someone who covers the Rockford Ice Hogs, more, more so than I do, uh, who watches the Chicago Wolves, uh, how are the Rockford Ice Hogs doing in, in a more general sense right now? Um, they're kind of, well, right now they're shifting to life without Christopher Steen. Um, I went to their media day sort of thing uh, after he announced his so-called retirement. And there were a lot of guys who were like, well, this, you know, probably hurts more than people expect because while he didn't contribute on the ice, it was more, off the ice and during practices, what Versteeg brought to the table. So uh, their lineup wise, he wasn't in a lot because of his um, abductor injury, but it's still presence that they're missing there. Uh, yeah, he was their He was their captain. Yeah. So uh, Derek King didn't say he was going to name a new one, but kind of hinted toward uh, Tyler Sakura or Matthew Highmore being the new captain there. Uh, but you understand why he, why he wouldn't do it right away because it just, it seems weird, right? You yeah. had a captain for like a month and then you're like, well, let's name this new, one. new one. Yeah. Um, so he could just appoint a, a guy, a, another assistant and go that route. But, um, as far as on the ice, they kind of have been a bit wild with their play lately. Um, it's been kind of high scoring, uh, as far as like the Blackhawks should be playing. <clears throat> Yeah, a little bit. Um, they're a bit stronger on the PK, um, and they're play shorthanded than the Blackhawks are, but uh, that's just the nature of the forwards that they have. Let's and the AHL is just a, a more, like, physical league anyway, so that kind of benefits some of the guys more than it would if they were to play at the NHL level. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those forwards that they have. Some of the more important guys for the Blackhawks, like, looking at this year, uh, Sakura, maybe Quinville. Um, how are those guys sort of performing? And then at, at the other end, uh, where it's sort of like you expect them to be producers down the road, Kurashev, uh, Whedon, maybe, although Whedon might be more this season. Uh, how, are, how are the guys that like are, have higher expectations, how are they doing? Uh, Dylan Sakura can pretty much skate circles around guys and just drive the puck into the zone. But then once he gets there, it's kind of like, where are you guys at? kind of situation when he's not uh, on a line with his brother, Tyler or Matthew Highmore, that seems to be a line that can uh, click at any time for King if he goes to it. So he's, he's been right up there with Tyler. I think they both are tied for the lead, um, the scoring lead on the team. Uh, Weedan's been the, their best uh, puck mover and faceoff guy uh, along with Reese Johnson when he plays. So that's been a nice addition for, 
align with Jacob Nielsen and, and Brandon Hagel. Those three have done well together. I've and heard Chris Johnson sort of compared to uh, a smarter Andrew Shaw. Is that like a fair comparison? Yeah. I Yeah. That, that definitely does make sense. That he's somebody who can get to the high danger areas and then score when he needs to, but it, he's more disciplined. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mix of Ryan Hartman and Andrew Shaw for a comparison's sake. Because when Hartman had his brief stint with the Blackhawks, he was known as someone who would draw those like, you know, shitty penalties from guys and like make guys flinch and stuff like that. And that's kind of what Reese Johnson has brought. Um, and he also kind of is the, the personality guy on the team along with Nick Mutri. So those are guys that can be moved up and down the lineup and, and still find success wherever they go um, and aren't afraid to, you know, stick up for a teammate here or there and do that kind of uh, role if needed. Besides the, the, the forwards, uh, the most notable people maybe in Rockford at the current moment are Adam Boquist, Nick Bodan, uh, Chad Kreis to a lesser, to a lesser degree. Uh, how do you see those guys who are expected to be big parts of the Blackhawks organization in the future? How do you see them doing right now? Boquist isn't playing as well in the AHL as he was in the NHL. And that was something that happened before his call-up. So that's why he viewed it as a surprise. And so when, so did everyone else. Uh, his skating is there. Offensive instincts are all there. Uh, defensively, there are times where you can see that he's over-aggressive, where he's trying to make up for his defenses defensive efficiencies and that comes to bite him a little bit and you can see like the more and more you like key in on him when you're watching a game you can see there's like a little second like oh nope I should not have done that and then he like gets back into the position he's supposed to be in um, so just over time that's going to be something that he needs to to work on to determine when he can be aggressive um on both ends of the ice and when he needs to stay back a little bit to maintain his gap control uh, with Nick Bodan pretty much as advertised, I, I guess you could say um, definitely a full year for him in Rockford, maybe a little bit more um, kind of the, the Nick Schmaltz or Ryan Hartman treatment where you get like a year and change in the AHL until you come up, but that might also change with, you know, roster reconstruction what have you. So he hasn't been a guy where you notice that he gets particularly burned or creates too many ghastly turnovers, but steady guy in the lineup that can be counted on in his own zone. So you said you mentioned in his own zone, how is he doing offensively? Cause the sort of model the Blackhawks have recently drafted is more those guys who can sort of move the puck well and do things in their, in the offensive zone, like Boquist, uh, Yokohara, you was that model as well. Is that something you see out of Bodan, or is he more a safer defensive option? A little bit of both. Uh, with Boquist, you can definitely see the vision is there, and sometimes he makes passes where you're just like, I would not have guessed that someone would try that. Uh, with Bodan, it's basically corral the puck in the defensive zone, skate it up to the neutral zone find a forward and get it to him and then kind of hang back a little bit back on the, the blue line, um, which isn't a bad thing. I think it's just his, he needs to work on his skating 
and it's it's kind of odd to say, but his backward skating is what needs to be worked on, just because he's not pivoting as well as he could. So, and then with Chad Chris, it's just kind of a guy who's been in and out of the lineup and hasn't had any consistent time really to give a fair evaluation to what he is. Um, but the coaches all like what those young defensemen bring, and no one is performing below expectations in their minds. So that's good. Okay. And the guy who, if the Blackhawks need um, an, an emergency call up, that's still Philip Holm, right? I would think that they would go with Gilbert or Boquist. They want Holm to be down there as like a veteran, stable presence for the younger guys. That's not to say that Holm couldn't get an NHL call up, but just provides a, a stable guy on the back end. More so, veteran leadership. Yeah, and they have that with Ian McCaution now too. So um, just two different options on different sides of, of the pairings. Going off of defensemen, there's another very important player for the Blackhawks going forward uh, outside of Rockford. Uh, his name is Ian Mitchell, and he's currently – is he the captain of Denver or is he just a, he's a leader in Denver? Uh, he's one of the hottest defensemen in the NCAA right now. Uh, what do you – what are you taking away from Ian Mitchell so far this season? What do you like about him? What do you, what do you think he could work on? Uh, do you think he's going to be around this team sooner rather than later or later rather than sooner? Uh, so he's the captain for Denver. He went six games, I think it was, without scoring a point. And then Saturday night he had, I believe it was two assists. Everything that I saw at the prospect camp this summer is what Mitchell's bringing. I don't, it's hard to tell like what he could do to improve his game just because it's so solid all around. And it really depends how well Denver does in the NCAA tournament, whether or not he signs and ends up playing in the NHL or the AHL at the end of this season. So because the NCAA tournament, the frozen four is the first weekend in April, I think the ninth or something like that. So um, it's just a matter of timing wise, whether Denver's done, uh, but all signs point to him signing, and he said that that's his goal is to sign after the season. So um, when you lose in the championship game, it kind of drives you to redeem yourself and guide your team back to winning a title. So that's what he's trying to do. And so far, I think that they've only lost a two-game set to Minnesota Duluth, and they'll see them later on in the season because they're conference opponents. So um, – they're ranked number four in the country right now, so things are going well for him. And I think the NCHC's conference tournament is in March in Minneapolis, so if people want to go see him and make the trek up to the Twin Cities, they can do that if they please. <laughs> uh, you said that he had like a six-game span without a point. Do you see him stepping up defensively his game in those moments? With not as yeah, those were all against uh, – Two of those games were against Duluth, and then there was another set against another highly ranked opponent. So um, just when, when he's not putting up points, he's blocking shots, he's finding teammates and stuff like that. So um, it's just a – yeah, it's just him adapting to matchups and stuff. So it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just it might hurt his Hobie Baker chances in the long run just because normally you have – the guy who wins the Hobie, especially a defenseman, is putting up ridiculous numbers like Cal McCarr did last season. Right. 
do you do you think right now that he's in the conversation for the Hobie Baker, or is that something he will need to sort of again up his offensive game uh, to get into? No, I think he's in the conversation for sure. Swishing gears in the NCAA, uh, the Blackhawks have a forward there as well named Evan Barrett. Uh, how do you see him doing this season? Uh, he's you know with Penn State, and that's a high octane offense, and he's contributing the way he should. Um, faceoffs are a struggle for him as they are with other guys. Uh, and that's just because he's a little on the smaller side. Um, but realistically in the pro game, he'll probably be a winger who can take draws if needed. So, and he had a, I think it was last week or the, the week before he had just this insane goal where he batted the puck out of midair and into the net. So, I don't think those highlight goals will translate to the program, but uh, they're nice to see uh, in Happy Valley. Yeah. What do you see uh, him doing right as a forward? Um, is, he, is he, like Reese Johnson, able to get to the high danger areas, or is he sort of more of a shooter? Oh, he definitely drives play and goes straight to the net. Um, not really a shooter. Uh, and that might be a, a result of his line mates. Um, and the way that Penn State plays where they just want the center to go straight to the net. Um, but very aggressive on the forecheck uh, is something that he brings and also the, the rest of Penn State. So, And then uh, finally in the NCAA, there's uh, – well, this is basically his freshman season after missing most of last year. Jake Wise in Boston. Uh, how do you see him doing? Is he, is he upping his game as much as – we sort of expected after he was called one of the most underrated uh, picks a few years ago, or uh, is he sort of still having to adjust to the NCAA after missing a year? Uh, well, it wasn't hard for him to surpass his point total. That's for sure. No. Uh, after only playing 12 games. Uh, yeah. I mean, Boston's a really young team this year. Uh, they have a lot of guys that have known each other for a long time. And now they're like finally together on a team. Uh, so that's nice to see kind of a mixed bag so far from him and Alex uh, Vlasic. Um, they're both, I think Wise has played second and third line center, more second line center. Uh, so he's getting more minutes um, playing on special teams as well. And just because they're on the same team, um, Vlasic was on the third pairing, but he's been moved up to the second pairing. I don't know if that was because of like an injury opened up a spot uh, or not, but he's been playing on both sides. And there was a game last week that I watched of his for a little bit and it didn't seem to phase him to play on his offside. So that's kind of a nice thing that might have to happen once he uh, comes into the pro game. Uh, he's sort of projected to be this as, as the Blackhawks have sort of drafted small, he's six, six, He's supposed to be this massive defensive defenseman so that the other more mobile guys can continue to play their games. Is that what you're seeing out of him is that he's able to like shut down offenses or is he still uh, as a freshman uh, learning the game? A little bit of both. Um, being six, six is his reach is definitely a, something that is an advantage for him for sure. Uh, so he's able to, you know, break up passes like that. Um, yeah. So just, sound defensive play uh and for a freshman that's with a group of i believe six or seven nhl prospects 
on that blue line. So there's a lot of talent. Uh, so it's a little hard to get your minutes in, I guess. Uh, but he's, he's doing fine. Switching gears to the other uh, defenseman in the Blackhawks pipeline, name, uh, let, whose name starts with the, with the letters A-L-E, uh, Alec Regula, who was just acquired under trade for Brendan Perlini. How do you see him doing in the uh, Canadian juniors this season? Yeah, so a little disclaimer. Uh, Regula played for the Chicago Steel, so I've seen him play for, I don't know, at least three seasons now. So I've kind of grown accustomed to what he brings. Um, with London, he's on the power play, but he plays a net front role, which is a little different for a defenseman, but it works in some sort of strange way. So he's able to pick up points on the power play with that. Even though he's a big guy, he skates fairly well. And that's something that I've noticed that's kind of progressed throughout the years. So that's a good sign. He's already signed with Chicago. So he could be a guy once again, depending on how London's season ends, um, that could join the Ice Hogs down the stretch. But even if he doesn't, I would put him in the lineup for the Ice Hogs next season and maybe not be a guy who could crack the NHL roster, but maybe an emergency call-up or a, hey, you've been doing well, kind of reward you with a call-up like they did with Dennis Gilbert last season. Is that like a long-term projection or is that like next year he probably won't make it, but he'll be, he'll be up there eventually. Yeah. I would say next season, he's probably a, a guy that is in the AHL. Um, and that's kind of with the thought of like what the Chicago defenseman would be like with that lineup, just seeing that he kind of doesn't fit to, uh, to break into that, but he'd be fine in Rockford. You, you think eventually, like uh, especially because Chicago has sort of shown over the years, uh, a tendency to develop their defensemen more slowly. Is that something you see for the future of Alec Regula? Is them oh, taking the time? Maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't really know if you could say that Chicago's developed a defenseman, but yeah. <laughs> like We'll see what happens with Boquist. Yeah, but that's that's fair. Um, and uh, and Dennis Gilbert isn't half bad. Yeah, and he's a he's a right-handed shot, so you you figure you have. Boquist and Mitchell fighting for NHL playing time next season. And then where does Regula fit in with that? Because there's so many left-handed shots in the prospect pool. And how does that all shake out? So it'll be interesting to see. Staying in the Canadian juniors, uh, Michael Tepley has been sort of tearing it up recently in the WHL. Uh, what do you like about his game? And uh, what, what, uh, why is he sort of having more recent success? Well, I can't attribute it to it right now because it's only been like three or four games, but Peyton Krebs rejoining Winnipeg is going to hopefully boost his numbers even more because they'll be on the, the top line together. Um, and Krebs was the, only, the one who single-handedly made the ice watchable last season, I guess you could say because that team was very, very not, not good at all. Um, but he kind of dragged them along to relevance. Uh, with Tepley, he's a guy who's improved his skating since the summer, it seems. Um, there is a play specifically that everyone kind of remembers for Kirby Doc, um, stripping him of the puck on a breakaway, but Tepley kind of just like stopped skating once he got to the blue line. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, that looks good for Doc, but, like, 
oh, that's not good for Tepley. Um, so he's kind of improved in those first two steps is kind of what all the prospects will tell you that they work with, um, with Kevin Delaney, the skills coach. And he's gotten better at that. Uh, it's his first season in North America, so it's kind of interesting to see him flourish as well as he has so far. Um, and something to be on the lookout for him is he he's probably a lock for the Czech Republic's uh, World Juniors team. So to see how he goes from playing in the WHL to going to the World Juniors and then coming back is always something that I always find interesting to see how if guys, when they make the team and play in the tournament, do they just kind of like pick up where they left off in juniors or is it how they were in the tournament and how that unfolds? Yeah. Uh, do you think that the world juniors is a, is, would be a good experience for him to go sort of play with the best of his country and then play against the best talent. And that's sort of, because that's, that's when Phil Kurashev emerged as a potential player down the line is that world juniors. Uh, is that something you could see Tepley doing? Yeah. I I don't know if he would jump out as much as Kuroshev did uh, because there are other playmakers for um, Tepley, but and Kuroshev was just like by himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think it could be like as big of a coming out party because Kuroshev had that hat trick and I think he led the tournament with six or seven goals. Um, but it's certainly something that Tepley could raise his stock on the, the prospect pool radar for Blackhawks fans. Switching to another European uh, who is not yet in North America, uh, Nicholas Nordgren uh, is playing in Finland. Uh, how do you see him doing right now? I haven't seen a game of his yet. Uh, that's because he missed the start of the season with a – was termed as a – health concern. Uh, so he's played five or six games in Finland's junior league. Uh, he has four assists so far. So it's just a matter of seeing him get his time in the junior league and then moving up to Liga and playing for uh, Helsinki's club. He was projected to sort of be uh, a European version of Alex Debrinkat. Uh, where he's sort of a guy who can get shots off from high danger areas and he can, even though he's smaller, he can score goals. Is that something you've seen out of him or is he sort of morphing into over the last two seasons or is he sort of morphing into more of a playmaker just like Alex DeBrincat is this season? Um, I think his, his stats show that he can, all of his assists have been, all of them except for one, I think, have been primary. So uh, at least in this role, with their junior team, he's been more of a playmaker, but I would venture that that will change once he gets up to Liga. Um, and he, he played in Liga last season, so it won't be anything new for him. Uh, it'll, it kind of mirrors Jake Wise a little bit, where they had just a little bit of time last season, and now this is supposed to be like the first like full-fledged season for him. Shifting to uh, Russia, we have Andre... I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, I think a lot of Chicagoans are going to butcher his name <laughs> for the next few years. Alti Barmakian. Uh, how, how do you see him playing? How has he, he been doing uh, also overseas? Yeah, so he has 
21 games in the KHL with Sochi. Um, <clears throat> he's surpassed his point total today, as in Sunday, uh, with a just stupid goal. Um, <clears throat> and every single time – yeah, stupid good way. Um, people can look up on the Twitter and you can, you can see it. I, I shared the gif of it. Um, every time that I've watched him play – He's done like two good things right and then two things wrong. Um, mostly it's kind of committing those dumb penalties a little bit, um, but that's just his nature. He's a more aggressive, hard-nosed player. So it's a matter of learning when to pick his spots to be an agitator and when to kind of pull it back a little bit. Um, they've already switched coaches this season. And that's been the same for Arthur uh, Kayumov with uh, Locomotive, too. So I don't know how much that figures in. I can only translate so many articles about the teams. But <laughs> um, at, at least that's what I'm seeing. And when I watch the games, I just, like, put the audio on, and I don't know what's being said just so I can, like, hear the names. And I'm like, oh, yes, that guy's on the ice. All right, good with that. <laughs> Uh, do you see him as more of a playmaker like Nordgren or, uh, or more of a right as at least right now, or is he a, a goal scorer? Um, somebody who can get the puck off his stick and into the net. He's a playmaker. Okay. And what about Kayimov? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, he's someone on the ice where you can definitely tell his skating is up a level from some of his younger line mates. Um, he is one of the, the best U20 uh, guys last season and he's producing like he was last season. And um, he just looks more confident with the puck from what I've seen. So that's a good sign. Uh, he's a guy who probably is going to be pushed to sign with Chicago next April or whenever their season ends. So that's something to monitor as well. And, and both of these guys are playing in the, uh, basically the AHL of Russia, right? The second league? No, they're, they're both in the KHL. So they're, they're impressing enough to, to, to at, at a young age, still be in one of the best leagues in the uh, world. Then, Yeah. Um, Andre did see a three-game stint in the VHL, which is the, the AHL equivalent in Russia. Um, I don't know if that was a conditioning stint or what, um, but I just saw it and I was like, well, that's weird. Um, but then it was within a week that he was back up. Okay. And then uh, finally, we're going to end a little bit with a debate here. Uh, I don't know if you side with me yet. Uh, let's say the worst thing possible happens. Robin Leonard st stops leading the league in save percentage. Corey Crawford, it goes down with another serious injury. Um, the Blackhawks are sort of out of goaltenders, uh, which is what has been dri driving this team so far this season. Uh, and they just – fall into the lottery and they win the lottery. Would you rather have, as it stands right now, Quentin Byfield or Alexis Lafreniere? So my answer hinges on actually seeing him in person when he played with Kirby Doc at the World Junior Showcase. And that's why I would take Lafreniere because they were on the top line together uh, for Canada at that tournament. And they seem to work well together. So my thought is, well, that'd be a 
pretty dynamic duo for the future for the Blackhawks uh, forward-wise. Is Doc on the Doc at center and Lafreniere at, at wing? Yeah. What 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 about his game? Seeing it in person, do you really like about Lafreniere's game? The way he's able to how would I phrase this? Um, create in space, I guess, is something that I noticed, um, and that's all obviously at the USA Hockey Arena. So it's very like close quarters, and you're like very tight and on the ice um, for your viewing experience. So that's what I noticed from him. Um, and those are all guys in his age group too. So um, I've seen, you know, highlights and stuff when I put together the bag skate in the morning, the morning link dump um, of Byfield. And he's, he's a dude. He's going to be good for sure. Uh, I don't think any team selecting one, two would go with any other players than those guys. Yeah. They'll be dynamic players for sure. You mentioned Byfield. That's the guy I sort of, if, if, if it's not the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario was the Blackhawks being mediocre and getting the 12th pick. Uh, but if the Blackhawks. It's like the kiss of death, isn't it? To get like yeah. the, the, the 12, 13, because if you get like, you know, 14, 15, you probably miss the playoffs by like, what, like two, three points. So you're like, Oh, it was like, just fell short. Like that kind of sucks, but at least you can build off something, but you get that like, 11, 13 range, you're just like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's the Minnesota sweet spot. Uh, <laughs> Byfield's by this big, massive center who can do everything a, a, a center's supposed to do. And then, again, he's like 6'4", and he skates like the wind. And that's – he's sort of the perfect modern-day center. And, and he's young, too. Yeah. He's young for his draft. He's, he, he basically is between – uh, 2020 and 2021. Yeah, he's a dynamic. You're you're right. They're both sort of these dynamic players. And if if it's 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 a great thing that there has to be this debate this season about who do you take uh, when there's two options who could who probably could go first overall in other years. Yeah. So this is why when you watch you know the Minnesota Wild play, don't root for them to lose. Yeah. You want you want them to get back to eleven to thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't want to see Quinn Byfield or Alexis Lafreniere in Minnesota. I'd rather see them in Detroit or Ottawa. All right. Well, unless you have another prospect you'd like to talk about, I think that sums up Monday morning deep dish today. Uh, thank you for listening. This that's does it for today's episode. Uh, I'm Trevor Price. With me today has been Brandon Kane. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Second City Hockey. And we will see you later this week. Probably, maybe. It's Thanksgiving, so who knows. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, ladies and gentlemen.